0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the host. Individual research and verification is strongly encouraged. And now, Bill Monty's Guide to Getting Older. Here's your host, Bill Monty. Oh, he's adorable. Hello, love. Thank you, Lovey, for another great introduction. Willkommen, bienvenue, and welcome to the second episode of Bill Monty's Guide to Getting Older. I'm growing older, just not up. So uh, thank you again for joining us. I'm glad you're back. And if this is your first time visiting us, thank you. We hope you stay with us for a while. So what's happened since the last time we met? Well, the Tony Awards happened. In the Monty household, we are a Broadway family. We like musicals and plays, and we look forward to the Tonys. And there appeared for a time as if the Tony Awards would not happen this year because of the uh, strike against the Writers Guild of America. But a deal was struck, and the Tony Awards did go on Sunday night. And I have to say, just my thoughts on it, I thought it was wonderful one of the best award show I've seen in a long time. Tony, Emmy, whatever, Grammys, Oscars. Um, I hope they didn't kind of shoot themselves in the foot, the writers, by saying, okay, you know, you can go ahead and do the show, but, you know, no one can write for it. Because not having those jokes that the actors and directors seem like they've never seen before, or the bits, uh, helped the show just to move along great. And those people who are good at ad-libbing and coming up and being humorous on their own. They were able to shine. And the people that weren't, we just came out and they did their job. Introduce themselves, who they are. Introduce the category, the nominees. Give out the award and move on. I thought it was great. My recommendation would be all shows. Let's just give the writers a break that weekend, okay? What else happened? We lost a couple of notable people and since the last time we talked. Um, one of them, kind of fits into the I'm Growing Older Just Not Up title for our show this week. Um, You might not have heard of him. His name was John Romita Sr. and we lost him just yesterday. He was 93 years old. And while you might not know the name, uh, John Romita Sr. was an artist on the Amazing Spider-Man comic book. And if you saw the first movies, first two movies with Tobey Maguire, the visual style was heavily influenced by the designs of John Romita way back in the 60s when he took over the book. And when I was a kid reading Spider-Man, the original artist, Steve Ditko, I think he left after issue 38. And I didn't care much for his style. I grew to like it a lot more as I got older. But when Romita took over, it was, a, it was a brand new style. He tried for a few issues to copy Ditko, and then he just said, I'm just going to do my own thing and really put his imprint on the Spider-Man title, one that was, uh, really set the tone of it visually for decades. And John Romita was, uh, became the art director for Marvel in the 70s and was instrumental in creating characters or the looks of characters like Wolverine, The Punisher, And probably his most significant contribution to the Spider-Man mythos, anyway, was the creation of Mary Jane Watson, who in the books and in the movies, Peter Parker marries. She had always been shown in shadow before in the comic books. And in his first uh, foray as the Spider-Man artist on the very last page, we got our first look at the gorgeous Mary Jane Watson. And uh, Spider-Man history was never the same. So I was sad. And like, as we get older you know, those people that we looked at and admired or we enjoyed their acting or their music or whatever it might be. As they pass, we feel a little bit more of our past and our childhood slip away. Uh, and when I heard about John Ramita's passing, a little chunk of that uh, went away. So I had a few minutes of feeling sorry for myself and, uh, but just remembering the great times. So thank you, John Romita. Uh, you really brought happy times and a smile to a young Bill Monty's face back in the 60s and the 70s. And, you know, it kind of leads us to uh, talk about this week, growing older, just not up. I can recall several times in my life people saying to me, Bill, act your age. My parents, definitely. Some employers probably wish I had. My wife, while she's nice enough not to say it, probably thought it a lot. Probably in times when I'm talking about Spider-Man way too much. I always found act your age to be an odd bit of instruction since I'd never been that age before, so how could I possibly know how to act it? It's not like each day begins, you know, and someone hands you a piece of paper with today's instructions on how to be 23 years and 42 days old. You know, you don't go through that day and then come across a situation that baffles you and say, well, what what should I do in this situation? Oh, uh, let's consult this piece of paper, shall we? Aha, I see. Hmm." Just agree and move on. Seems like good advice. That would be nice, wouldn't it? If we could just map our days out by by something like that. But alas, I have not been able to find a manual to life yet. I've been looking for 60 plus years. Maybe that's why someone once said, you're only young once, but you can be immature forever, which would be a great way to explain my approach to life. Although, if truth be told, my approach is probably more of an unconscious choice versus a conscious one. I never woke up saying I will just be immature today. I just happen to be immature sometimes. <laughs> uh, what, else is, what else has happened? Uh, since the last time we spoke, went to a birthday party. I know it doesn't sound too exciting, but this was the birthday party for a young lady. She turned 16 years old. And, you know, i would known her since, you know, she was born. And uh, I knew her mother when she was 16 and even younger than that. And nothing helps you realize how the world moves along as much as seeing the daughter Someone where you remember their childhood as they escort, you know, their child through the teen years. And as I watched the birthday girl and her friends dance and sing and celebrate, I was reminded of all the birthdays I've had and birthdays of family and friends and acquaintances. And, you know, struck with the idea and the thought, you know, kind of funny when you get older. And this was a big party, let me tell you. Uh, when you get older, you just kind of hope no one notices much. You know, okay, a cake and a present or two. Maybe you go out to dinner and let's call it a day, shall we? Because, you know, every year that you move up the aging ladder one more rung, you do feel that you're leaving another part of your past and your youth behind you. You know, you're, you're growing older, maybe not up, but you're certainly growing older. And that, and not to say when I say, you know, not up, growing not growing up, I don't mean to say that I don't take life and its rewards and challenges seriously, because I do. And there are some who might say that a point in my life, I take them way too seriously. But with each passing birthday, I think I've learned, or at least I hope I have learned, not to sweat the small stuff as much. The things that used to make me nuts well, just don't seem as important anymore. And that's one of the things that getting older teaches you. You know, In life, unfortunately, things just don't always go smoothly. There's going to be rough patches. There's going to be speed bumps on that road that you travel. You're going to experience hardship that life sometimes brings. You're going to have your wins and you're going to have your losses. You're going to, Move forward great, and you're going to have some setbacks, you're going to have some betrayals, you're going to achieve some dreams and you're going to fail at others. But you come out on the other side of them whole and stronger, and that is what, as you get older, provides that important new perspective about what is important in life. You know, someone once said, Youth is wasted on the young, it isn't really because you have to have you have to be young to learn these things. So when you get older, yes. If I had the opportunity to go back and be, say, 20 or 25 again, would I do it only if I could take with me the knowledge of what I have, of what I've learned? Because, you know, there's no guarantees, you know, and and, and even if I did do that, there's no guarantee that life would turn out great or anything because it's, you know, aging is like planning a vacation, right? You know, when you're thinking about a vacation, you have to decide where you're going to go and, you know, you you base your destination on your interests, you know, you like the outdoors, or you like the beach or nightlife or amusement parks, all of this affects your planning. So you put all of that into it. You select your flight, you pick a hotel, you decide where re- restaurants you're going to eat at, where you'll go. And you think everything's going to be great. You can't wait for that vacation day. And then the first day you, you get ready to leave and the flight is late. You lose that first day. Then you get to the hotel, and not quite up. Just enough, not what you thought it was going to be. Not what you'd hoped. You know, then it rains. Okay, what are you going to do? Just throw your hands up and lay in bed and pull the covers up over your head? No. Hopefully you plow on and you just have the best time possible. And aging is sort of like planning that vacation. Planning your aging is sort of the same way. You know, you work hard, you invest and so on. But, you know, comes time when when you're older, you're thinking about retirement or you have retired and then a pandemic hits. You know, your health or the health of someone that you love takes a turn for the worse. The stock market goes all wonky like it has been now for a couple of years. Your investments take a hit. Everything that you planned so carefully now isn't working out, just just like that vacation. And what getting older teaches us is, uh, is to act as you would, you know, when that perfectly planned vacation goes south. You pick yourself up. You dust yourself off. You start all over again. That's what you do. And then there are times, uh, you know, when you're, no matter what age you are, no matter where you are, on uh, heading up the hill to be over it at some point, you know you're going to find the frustrations in life. Um, you know what do you do then? Well, it all gets to you and you you start losing focus, that dialogue that goes on in your head starts to get to be too much. I think I have a suggestion that can help you. It certainly has helped me. So we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, I'll have my music suggestion for you. And my book suggestion will be wound up and talking about uh, something that I think will help you kind of regain that focus and uh, maybe even make you, I don't know, 10% happier. So hang in there. We'll see you on the flip side. Friends, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. Please drop us a line at billmonty 4 at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Plus, we're on Facebook now, so the next time you're on it, look up Bill Monty's Guide to Getting Older. That's where I share insights about the show, links to my music recommendations and video suggestions, favorite books, and so much more. Let me know what you think. I look forward to hearing from you. So we all have times when life can just be too much, right? And for those of you looking for a better way to clarify thoughts and maybe find some peace or just a way to control those never-ending conversations in your head, may I suggest to you meditation. Now, stop, 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 stop. Don't switch me off just yet, okay? My reaction was the same until I found this really cool way to meditate that did not involve sitting cross-legged on the floor, which wasn't going to happen with my old bones anyway. I mean, weird mantras in a dark room or anything like that and it did help control um the you know i say voices in the head i don't want you to think you know this is like son of sam time or something but i know every, everyone i talk to when they finally admit to it yeah we all have those 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 thoughts that go running through our mind especially when things aren't going well and most of the time we're aware of them when we're trying to go to sleep at night you know you're tired you're so tired you can't believe that you don't just fall right asleep but you know, you start thinking, well, what about this bill that's coming up? How are we going to pay that? Or this coworker worker who drives you nuts at work or, uh, you know, whoever it, it might be or whatever it might be, those thoughts just come pounding through. And, and the more you try to get them out of your mind, the harder it is. Uh, and those, those are the thoughts that can really harm you uh, because you start to believe they're true and And so you have to ju- you have to just be aware that they're really they're really not. There is a way to control all of that. Here's a short version of 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 how I kind of found this way that really helped out a lot. Uh, several years ago, I was in New York at a conference uh, for business, and the keynote speaker was a gentleman named Dan Harris. Now you might have heard of him at the time he was co-anchor on the weekend edition of Good Morning America as well as a reporter for ABC News. And what he was going to talk about during his keynote speech was about meditation. This it was on our agenda, so I knew this you know before the day arrived. And uh, you know I was not there for anything. Our conference had nothing to do with meditation or relaxation or any new age kind of thing like that at all. Um, so as this was our first meeting, it was going to be early in the morning, about nine o'clock in the morning. The opening night party the night before had gone quite late, so I seriously considered blowing off the keynote speech, catching a few extra Z's in the morning because that first day was going to end about twelve o'clock that night, and uh, wasn't really going to consider it. But I happened to enjoy watching Good Morning America on the weekend. I, you know, I recognize the name Dan Harris. I said, "Oh, I, I like that guy. He's 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 entertaining." And I got to tell you, not skipping that talk was the best decision of that trip. And one of the best decisions of my life. So, so we're there in the morning, we, we settle in, you know, there's probably 800 people in this room. Uh, and again, everyone's trying to recover from the night before and excited about the entire conference, which is going to be happening. And we're in, you know, we're in New York, we're in Midtown, we're in the heart of the Broadway district. Uh, so there's just a lot of excitement in the air. And Dan Harris gets up and, uh, he starts telling us about a certain period of his life that had come several years before early part of the, uh, 21st century post a little bit post nine 11, I believe it was. And how one day while he was doing the news on a segment of good morning America, he had a panic attack on the air right there in front of millions of viewers. Uh, he had to find a way to end the piece early. And because of that, Uh, And it just took him by surprise because he had never experienced anything like this before. Uh, This started for him a journey of, you know, doctor visits and reading self-help books and uh, finding a therapist and having therapy sessions several times a week, uh, trying to find everything he could to get control of his life again. And one of the things that ended up being discussed with him was something he'd hadn't ever considered wasn't interested in that much was meditation and and i'm going to be honest with you at this stage of his talk even though he was funny he's got a very self-deprecating kind of wit i'm about to get up and head for the coffee bar when he asked a simple question that kept me in my seat would you try what i'm talking about if i told you it would make you 100% happier guaranteed 100% happier and then he continued that, well, probably not because humans are just naturally skeptic and we're not ever going to believe a promise of 100% happier, right? So he said, what if I told you that you would be 10% happier? Would you try it then? And that that was the hook that got me. Only 10%. That's all, I'll be 10% happier. You know, well, would I like to be 10% richer? Uh, would I like to be 10% healthier? You know, if I could, so yes. So there I was. And, and he explained um, how, what he was talking about was meditation and that we could all, he could show us exactly what he found right there that morning in a crowded event space, sitting in our chairs and that would only take one minute. So we did it and I can't speak for the other 799 people in the room, but by God, I'll tell you, I did feel a little bit better. No idea if it would stick, or, you know, was it just the moment? Was it just cause I was so tired already? Um, uh, and let, me, and let me just pause at this portion of the talk to just say, I don't know Dan Harris. I have no personal or business relationship with him or his company. I get no financial compensation for telling you this story or recommending his books or his apps or anything like that. But it's like, yeah, you know, when you, you, you find a good restaurant, you go tell your friends, right? So friends, I'm telling you, what he talked about that day is true. And don't get me wrong. It's not a just add water kind of cure. You do have to work at it. You know, it takes repetition. And working at it will make it work better for you. But but you're going to have, you're not going to have to really devote you know, hours to it. You can start with just a few minutes a day. And yeah, if you can do more time than just a few minutes a day, you'll certainly, you know, yield more results. But if you only have, say, three minutes, well, that'll work too. So here's, I'm going to, Give you this very short version of this so when you can find a quiet spot with a as few distractions as possible leave your cell phone in another room i know i'm asking a lot with that one uh get in a comfortable position a a comfy chair um you know if you're into yoga or you can do it you'd like to sit on the floor if that's your thing then then do that but whatever is comfortable for you although um I do suggest avoiding lying down because the goal here isn't to go to sleep, uh, but learning to understand and better control your thoughts and and uh, in your mental health. You know, it's to get you to relax. So here's what you just need to do right now, or you know, after you listen to this, you want to think about it. Take a deep breath and breathe it out slow. So take your breath in for six seconds. Hold it for six and breathe it out slowly through your mouth, six seconds out. So six seconds in through the nose, hold for six, breathe out through the mouth for six seconds and try to clear your mind. And and ultimately you will be able to, but if you can't look to begin to understand the dialogue in your mind while you're trying and these thoughts that come, don't fight them accept them as you continue breathing in holding and breathing out why are you having this thought or why that one look there's another one there's me thinking about these thoughts that i'm having this isn't working i'm thinking way too much you're not it actually this is what's supposed to be happening because what you're going to try you're going to do is you're going to learn to start recognizing these thoughts and accepting them and almost as like a friend and then telling them to get to go away and leave you alone just like you do some friends uh, and I'm not going to try and do a meditation with you, but what we just did right now is as closely we're going to come to that. Uh, and there are plenty of apps and podcasts out there that can help you do that. And I would suggest actually starting with Dan Harris's podcast. It's called 10% Happier. And he has two books. One is called 10% Happier. And then his second book is called Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics. Uh, they're both funny. They're both enlightening, semi-autobiographical. They have enough instruction there to help you get started or to help you even tell if this is something that you want to do, but you will enjoy reading them. I've got to be honest, uh, the 10% Happier book, I have probably read six or seven times and Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics, probably three, Uh, but you'll pick them up again because there's always something new, but also they're just, they're entertaining and you kind of feel, you know, kind of feel like you're a part of his story. And no matter where you are in the path to getting older, I can practically guarantee you these are great reads and they do provide you some helpful tools. So, uh, on our Facebook page, Bill Monty's guide to getting older, the Facebook page, I will put a link to the video of Dan Harris telling his own story. He tells it much better than I do. And, uh, he talks about having that panic attack and and exactly everything that happened it actually shows you the panic attack happening. So how cool is that? And, um, so you can go there and, and see that. And, uh, if I can find a link for the, The book, I'll certainly put that up there, but again, uh, you can order it on on wherever you order books from, you know, Barnes & Noble or Amazon, wherever it might be. Uh, Again, the book is called 10% Happier, and the sequel is Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics, and we will be right back, and uh, let's discuss some music, shall we? Friends, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. Please drop us a line at BillMonty 4 at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Plus, we're on Facebook now, so the next time you're on it, look up Bill Monty's Guide to Getting Older. That's where I share insights about the show, links to my music recommendations and video suggestions, favorite books, and so much more. Let me know what you think. I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, welcome back, my friends. I hope you had a chance to explore my music suggestion from last uh, episode. And if you did, or even if you didn't, uh, this week's suggestion is another great one, in my humble opinion. Although it's a completely different genre, different type of music. One of the things about me, is I like all kinds of music. Um, I'll put a halt to that. Uh, I'm not a big rap guy. Uh, that's probably a generational thing, right? Probably. I don't know. And, uh, not a big opera guy either, but everything else I'm pretty much open to. Uh, and I have always liked jazz music. Uh, I do struggle to find artists that I like everything that they do that I can listen to all the time, uh, who are different. I do like the more popular sound of, of jazz. Uh, Chuck Mangione, his own style of popular jazz. And, and really there was a just a wonderful teacher in my life in high school. Uh, she was our choral teacher, and her name was Marvell Williams, the wonderful lady. One of those people that just shapes your life, you know. And uh, even though all we did was sing in the class, uh, I still remember the day that she brought in uh, a Chuck Mangione album and put it on. Uh, and and that was just, it was an amazing moment for me, and that really was kind of introduction of jazz. Uh, for me also. You know, there are elements of jazz, like in the big band sound and stuff that my parents used to play. And probably even, you know, my dad with the Spike Jones records, (laughs) but, um, you know, that might be where it started. But certainly a huge fan of like Ella Fitzgerald, uh, I I love Tony Bennett, but especially the work that he was doing with jazz, like in the 80s and 90s, uh, Dave Brubeck, uh, Fitzgeraldi with, you know, the Charlie Brown uh, music but in the past few years i gotta tell you i flipped over some great tunes and songs from a group called the hot sardines and if you know of them you know already what i'm talking about and if you don't uh i think you're gonna love them even if you're not a big jazz fan because they're that that they're (laughs) i can't talk i'm so happy i can't talk they're that different uh they present a hip new take on jazz classics and even like standard show tunes uh they, they do a great version of I Want to Be Like You from the animated film The Jungle Book, the Disney movie. Uh, they're just quite unique. And the only band I've ever seen or heard, and I did see them in concert, they were amazing, that employ tap dancing as an instrument in the songs. And when you listen to them, you can hear it you know, on songs that they use that. And at the concerts, that really is a huge part of it. I mean, this guy, he's just been sitting in this chair for two or three songs and kind of tapping his feet a little bit. And then suddenly he just gets up and does these amazing tap moves. And it's all to bring out that it's another part, another instrument to be used uh, in the way that they tell their story through their music. Uh, I listen to them and they just, they make me happy. And I think you'll feel the same. And again, I'll put a link uh, to a song or two. Uh, they, they do a version of, uh, they do a song called When I Get Low, I Get High. And they do it with the actor Alan Cumming, who many of you might know from Cabaret on Broadway. Uh, He was on the show The Good Wife. Uh, I think he was in one of the X-Men movies early on and stuff. But, uh, you know, he's uh, another person that I just, I love what he does. I I love how he entertains. And uh, that might be the link I put up because I like that song a whole lot. But uh, I'll I'll pick a song or two and put it up on the Facebook page. Again, go to Bill Montes. Uh, Guide to Getting Older Facebook page to uh, get the music links that we talk about and some scenes for uh, behind the uh, show scenes. And uh, hopefully you'll explore their music on their own. Look them up in whatever streaming platform you use for music and kick back and and just enjoy. And I think that will wrap up another episode of Bill Monty's Guide to Getting Older. I thank you so much for joining us again. And I ask you to please continue to be a part of the show Uh, to tell your friends, tell your family, please help us grow. And remember, be kind whenever possible, because it's always possible. All right, be safe, my friends. Peace. Mm